salutations and welcome back to She Lives Podcast. I am your host, Shamika Manuel, and we will continue episode one, part two, In Her Mind. Everything begins in the mind. What we think, we become. You can create your world with an idea, with a thought. That's where it all begins. Even your healing begins in the mind. When getting out of a toxic relationship, it is imperative that you restore your mental power. So let's talk about that. What is mental power? Your mental power is equivalent to your mental wellness. It's your mental wellness. It's your ability to use your mind in a way that contributes to your holistic and complete well-being. When your conscious mind and your subconscious mind unite, that's mental power. What does that union consist of, though? That union involves the attention of your conscious mind being directed towards your subconscious mind. In other words, your conscious, your conscious mind is awakened. You are woke. You are no longer asleep. Your third eye is open and you can see beyond the physical realm. But we will further discuss the relationship between the subconscious and the conscious mind in a future episode. Now understand this, your mental power can be influenced by your biological factors, your family history, illnesses, medications, and other factors. Also, it can be influenced by your social environment. Stress, traumatic events, and so on. If you lose your mental power or lose your mind, this often causes depression, anxiety, as we mentioned before, and other diseases of the mind. And this happens to so many of us. We lose it mentally. And then we find ourselves trying to cover it up with unhealthy habits and behaviors that later become addictions from sex to alcohol to drugs, even food. And clothes. You know, some people tend to cover their pain up with food or clothes, name brand clothing. And sometimes it works. But temporarily, it tricks the mind. Let's say that. It manipulates the mind. 
Then we find ourselves addicted to the clothes, to the food, to the sex, to the alcohol. We feel like we can't move, live without it. I must say this. During that time that I was wearing the long weave and all that, I got addicted to the weave. I would not go outside. I remember one time I was in between my sew-ins. And I had beautiful natural hair underneath, but I would. I was so addicted to the hair, to the weave. I had to have it. I was in between my sew-ins one time. And I think, I don't know if the somebody couldn't sew my hair in. I knew how to sew the hair. I just didn't feel like doing it. And braiding hair, I didn't feel like doing all of that. But my appointment, it, it, I think it was canceled or something happened. I was in the house for three or four days. I would not. I wouldn't even go to the mailbox. I needed my weave. I needed my sewing. I was addicted. This is what covered up my pain. This was what made me able to step out the house after coming out of this house of house of pain. This weave kept me going. So yes, it was an addiction. But I'll talk about that. I have a hair blog coming. I'm going to talk about that too. But we do that. We cover up our pain with various things, temporary things, things that don't last. And today we're going to talk about ways to restore your mental power. Because no matter how many sew-ins I got, nothing, none of them was able to help me restore my mind. None of it. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a certified therapist. I am a woman who happens to be a certified yoga instructor, a spiritual revivalist, a wellness coach, and an author who has experienced depression, anxiety, and other disorders. Also, I've conquered several effects of an abusive relationship to rebuild my life and reclaim my feminine power. And I am simply sharing my path with you. If it resonates with your soul, feel free to use any of the wellness tips that are provided. However, if you need to see a doctor, please, please do not hesitate to get help. You are not alone. And it's hard to do this alone. So reach out for the help that you need. Do not sit around the house and, and, and drown in your misery, in your pain. Get the help you need. We need you. Now I'm going to talk about how... You can restore your mental power. This is the first room that we got to we gotta open this door and we got to talk to these guests that's in here. We have to reclaim 
our mental power. So when you leave that relationship and you're trying to get back on your feet, you got to start in the mind. Everything begins with a thought. So if your thoughts are still negative, you got to address them. If those negative thoughts are still lingering around in your room, in that mind room, you got to talk to them. Have a conversation with them. Now, when getting back on your feet after the relationship is over and, and, and working to get your mind back, I found one strategy to be extremely beneficial. Now, in, my, in that relationship that I was in, my ex controlled my mind completely. And I wanted my mind back. I had to learn how to get him out of my head. I realized so many of my negative thoughts, they weren't my thoughts. These were thoughts that he planted. While my conscious mind was asleep. And then my subconscious mind ran with these thoughts and created chaos. So once my conscious mind awakened, I had to clear out all of these thoughts. My mind was cluttered. With negative thoughts about myself. In a household setting, decluttering refers to cleaning, general tidying, and eliminating things from the home that no longer have any use. They're useless. The word decluttering doesn't just apply to housekeeping. That same concept can be applied to the mind. It's the process of lowering the burden on your mind by eliminating unnecessary worry and thoughts. By making changes to your life and to your, the thought process, processes that you have, this can be accomplished. One of the first steps is to eliminate the triggers. And I mean, this is powerful when you want to declutter your mind. You got to get rid of those triggers. Your environment is another possible source. And that's why I always say that it's hard to work on your healing while you are still in a toxic environment. You have to get yourself out of there in order to start your healing. Again, that's why it's important when you're trying to heal, you have to separate yourself from the toxicity. Because as long as that person who, who brings this negativity to your life is around, it's going to be difficult to get them out of your head, to get them out of your mind. Every chance they get to plant that negative seed, they're going to take it. Because they know that they have to control you. And the only way to control you is through the mind. So it's important to address every possible cause. 
So what we do here at She Lives Well, we identify four primary causes of mental clutter. Number one is environment. Number two is people. Number three is distractions. And number four, thoughts. So let's talk about environment, your home and your work. Most of the time, these are the main two places you're going to spend most of your time. You're either always at home or you're always at work. Removing your environmental clutter has a positive effect on the clutter between your ears. So there are eight steps that we suggest when decluttering your environment. And the number one is tackle one room at a time. Number two, start at the top and work your way down. So if you're at home and you have two stories or three stories, start, start at that top floor. Ask yourself, do I love it? Do I need it? Do I love it? Do I need it? And keep repeating that for everything that you see. Number three, you're going to go through your closets, through your drawers, through the shelves, and repeat this every room you go in. You're going through the closets, the drawers, the shelves, and again, you're asking yourself, do I love it? Do I need it? Number four, you're going to finish the room. I struggle with this, guys. I can't even lie. I struggle with finishing the room because I get so distracted. I may find something that's in like in one of the kids' room and I pick it up and I take it, try to take it to a different room. And I'm stuck in that room because I see something out of order in there. And I have to remind myself, Shamika, finish the room that you were in. <laughs> and I have to go back. So number four, finish the room. Number five, complete the rest of the house. I know sometimes we get tired. Oh, man, I'm tired of cleaning this house. I'm tired, tired, boss, tired. Complete the room. And don't forget about your car. Your car is part of, of everything, too. Number six, address your work environment, the desk. Come on now. You know that desk is supposed to look better than that. <laughs> Let's get it together. Number seven, your digital environment. This is your computer, your phone, your email. Oh, I don't even want to touch on the email. Right now, I know I need to look into my emails and get rid of some of them because I'm out of storage, honestly. <laughs> so it's time for me to go in that email and start decluttering. Number eight, after you've completed steps one through seven, Step eight is to evaluate how you feel because you're going to feel some type of way after you clear out the space in your environment, in your work environment, in your home environment, you're going to feel it. You've opened up space. Now, it may seem counterintuitive to address your environment when your challenge is more psychological in nature. But your environment can influence the amount of stress and anxiety you experience. And that's the truth. Now we're going to move on to the next primary cause, which is people. I, I probably should have saved this one for last because this, this, this is, you know, this, this is a tough one because certain people in your life, they're just hard to eliminate. Children, parents. Baby daddies, baby mamas. <laughs> and you know, that was my situation. We had children together. 
I still had to communicate with him. And of course, every every chance he got, he's working his way back into my mind. Only this time I'm conscious and I see very clearly. So I'm ducking, I'm bobbing and weaving. Oh, I got my, my fist up. I'm in the I'm in that boxing ring, dodging them punches. I see him. So it's hard. It's it's hard, especially when you know you have to see them. But everyone does not have a place in your life. Your life is sacred. Let me repeat that. Your life is sacred. So we have to be careful of who we choose to include. One tip is to consider how much people in your life add and detract from it. So what we're going to do, number one, we are going to ask which people are the source of negativity. And now I'm not talking about people who are negative about your life. I'm talking about people who are negative about life in general. They have absolutely nothing positive to say. There are those people who look at the glass as half empty. They complain about everything. And when you are around them, they suck the life out of you. Ask yourself, why do I keep them around? Number two, consider the toxic people in your life. Now, there's a difference between negative people and toxic people. There's a slight difference. Now, the toxic people, these are the people that get in the way of you reaching your goals. They have discouraging words to say. They're sabotaging. You can share a vision or a dream with them, even though, you know, you got to be mindful of who you share your dreams and your visions with. Everybody's not meant to see that part of you. It ain't their vision. But if you share your vision or your dream with one of these toxic people, they're going to find a reason why it won't, won't work. That's what they do. They may compare it to something that somebody else did or something they that they did. And tell you why it won't work. So that's, you know, these people can be family members, they can be friends, but that's when it's time to sit down and have a conversation with them. If this conversation fails, eliminate them. It's time to let them go. When you are serious about changing your world, changing your life, changing your mind, cleaning up your house, getting rid of people is not a problem especially if they are toxic or bring negativity to your life. Number three, we're going to look into the friends of another time. Old college friends, old co-workers from 20 years ago. You got to ask yourself, do you have anything in common with them besides the past? And then you can ask yourself, how much enjoyment do you receive from them? Think about those questions and make the necessary adjustments. We're going to move on to number four, unfamiliar social media friends. You don't even know them, but they're on your social media. You don't know them. They requested you because you was a friend of a friend of a friend. 
Now, if you're there for business, if you're on social media for business, I totally get it. The more, the merrier. I get that. But if you're on social media for pleasure, this is your personal thing that you, that you have going on. You got to understand that this is a part of your mental. All of this social media is y'all know how social media gets in your mind. It clutters it. It brings clutter. So you have to ask yourself, do I really need to see the birthday pictures of somebody I don't know, you know, or somebody's niece that I don't, I don't even know them. You got to make the necessary eliminations. And number five, coworkers. Now the options are very few here. Now, if you are the boss, you can eliminate people that work for you, for you, but sometimes even that's hard to do. It's hard. However, if you are an employee, you might just have to find a new, a new position. Or you can fire your boss and find a new opportunity. Understand this, not everyone deserves to be a part of your life. So be sure to not allow people around you who are going to lower your quality of your experience. Eliminate those who you do not love and those who do not add value. This is going to help you make room for those people that will contribute to your life. Now we're going to move on to the next primary cause. This is the third one. Distractions. Distractions, distractions, distractions. I know there is someone out there listening right now who are very familiar with distractions. Especially when you have walked away from a relationship. Oh, the, the distractions are right around the corner waiting. As a matter of fact, it's almost as if you can't even really get all the way focused and their distraction is right there in your face. Diverting your attention from away, away from what's important which is your healing, your well-being, your revival. But these distractions come and they often are overlooked because, oh, he look good. <laughs> yes. People can be distractions. Yes. He dressed good too. Oh, he's saying the right things. It happens. And now procrastination has come and it never feels good. Now you're procrastinating on things. You know you're supposed to be getting this done. You don't feel good. That procrastination does not feel good. That work you know you should be working on is hanging over your head. And no distraction is good enough to eliminate that feeling. 
And then you find yourself shifting your attention back and forth from the distraction to the work you should be doing. This causes mental clutter. And I do understand that not all that distractions are distracting. They're just more enjoyable than the work that you should be working on. I get it. However, there are some distractions that are highly distracting. So what I want you to do is I want you to evaluate the distractions that you face in life each day. Number one, how do you waste time? Think about how do you waste time? If you are if you have nothing pressing on your schedule, how do you waste time? Make a list. I'm going to throw a few of them out that I know I, you know, sometimes I waste time with it. Cell phone, internet, TV, shopping, mindless chatter with friends. And I'm sure you can add to that list. Number two. Go ahead and finish number one. Finish finish that list. But we're going to move on to number two. Consider the cost of losing that time. Even if it's only an hour. That's 365 hours a year. Which adds up to over nine 40-hour weeks. That's over two months of wasted time. That's a lot of time. What else could you be doing with that hour? Make a list, another list. (laughs) It can be on the same paper. Just make another list and write down some things that you could be doing with that hour instead. I'm gonna throw some things out there again. Exercise, do some yoga. Build a blog. Take a She Lives wellness course. Just to name a few, you can add to that list. Start a business. There are a lot of productive things that we can do within an hour. Number three, make a list before bed, a to-do list, the old to-do list. Put the most important five to three, I'm sorry, three to five tasks that you need to do for the next day. Number four, understand why those items are important. Give them purpose. Once you give them purpose, it'll be easier to take action. How does it benefit you? Number five, reduce the tasks to necessary steps. Tasks that are too big and too poorly defined, they're going to encourage procrastination. It's going to be too big and you're going to procrastinate or it's not, it just don't have enough definition. You're going to procrastinate. Number six, reduce distractions. Remove any distractions from your phone. I'm going to share with you guys one thing that I do. And this may change in the future, but I've I've been doing this, you know, for a while now. I have um multiple phones, but I only have one phone right now that I talk on. 
it's two different lines on the phone, but it's one phone that's, that has like service that I can talk to someone on. Now, on this phone that I use, and when I take out, I leave the house, I use this phone, there is no social media on this phone. None. My Instagram account is not on there. Facebook, nothing. TikTok, no. I keep all of my social media on a separate phone. And that phone that is on is a phone that I can use at the house or if I'm out somewhere that has network connection, a Wi-Fi connection, then I can use it. But once I leave my house and I'm no longer connected to my network, the social media does not work. And I purposely did that because I need to stay focused. I have a lot to do. And when I'm out, I'm handling business. And I don't need the distractions from social media because it can be distracting sometimes. So just learn how to remove the distractions from your phone. And number seven, set yourself a timer. Set a timer. Give yourself a deadline for these tasks. Give yourself a deadline. If not, you may procrastinate. And understand this, distractions are everywhere. Some of us are naturally better at ignoring them. The others of us are struggling. So use your time to the best of your ability by reducing the distractions in your life. That can put you in a much stronger position to avoid procrastination. And at this moment, we will use our time to press pause and end the part two. When we return, we will continue to talk about the last primary cause of mental clutter. Stay tuned.